the community podcast where Savannah and Adamsville, Tennessee meets northern Indiana and southwestern lower Michigan. Welcome to Roaring Light. Combining news and weather from news source one Michiana with great independent Christian music from Roaring Light Radio. Get ready. News and weather is next. This is the latest news headlines in 60 seconds with Alan Edwards. Republican Representative George Santos of New York told GOP colleagues Tuesday he was temporarily stepping down from his two congressional committees, a move that comes amid a host of ethics issues and a day after he met with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. President Joe Biden intends to end the COVID-19 national and public health emergencies on May 11th. That means that many Americans could have to start paying for COVID-19 testing and treatment after the declaration cease. The outlook for the global economy is growing slightly brighter as China eases its zero COVID-19 policies. Former President Donald Trump filed a lawsuit Monday against journalist Bob Woodward, claiming he never had permission to publicly release interview recordings made for the book Rage. That's the latest headlines in 60 seconds. I'm Alan Edwards. I'm Ruth Kramer with Mission Network News. Coming up, anger often leads to revolution, at least in the Middle East. Stick around to hear the latest prayer needs from Lebanon and Egypt. Our first story, Gallup recently released its annual Global Emotions Report. The top five angriest countries in 2022 included Turkey, Armenia, Iraq, and Afghanistan. But in first place, Lebanon. Why? Lebanon is reeling from one crisis after another, plummeting currency value, terrorism, a presidential power vacuum, and severe shortages on fuel, food, and medicine. Nuna with Triumphant Mercy Lebanon says young people especially feel the strain. The mental health of the youth is incredibly disturbed. I've been talking with my own kids and they all tell me the same thing, mental health, mental health. All our friends, people in their classes, in their neighbors, everyone has a mental health problem. Lebanese believers with Triumphant Mercy Lebanon provide aid and community programs in the name of Christ. They also listen as people share their anger and pain. Then you start to talk to them about even in the midst of everything, you can still have some peace. You can still have some knowledge that God is in control and God sees you and God did not forget about you. Please pray. The laborers are tired. We have the laborers, but we need strength and emotional strength and physical strength and spiritual strength. When we feel that there are people who are lifting our hands, that's such a relief for us. Next, the February 2021 coup unleashed havoc in Myanmar. Protests, crackdowns, and sheer random violence left many areas paralyzed. Fear is palpable, but the gospel's making unexpected inroads. We get more from Eminence Lindsay Co. The military is feared and hated throughout Myanmar, but soldiers are people, people with families. Those families often bear the brunt of a community's resentment. When a local Christian worker supported by Christian Aid Mission was visiting homes, he knocked on one door, not realizing a retired lieutenant and his family lived there. Since no one usually visits, they were surprised and eagerly invited him in. The worker shared with them the gospel. Touched by the worker's kindness, the family invited him to visit them again and again. Finally, the retired lieutenant came to faith in Christ and was baptized. Now this man invites their neighbors to his home, and they have believers fellowship every Sunday and sometimes on Saturdays. Workers have brought food and other aid to the displaced. Local believers also care for children who have taken shelter with them and provide school tuition, opening the way to share the gospel with their parents. As a result, they have planted churches in several new areas. Keep praying for even more opportunities. Lindsay Coe, Mission Network News. And last week marked the 12-year anniversary of Egypt's Arab Spring Revolution. Mass protests led to then-President Hosni Mubarak's ouster and several years of chaos. Christians saw record-level persecution when the Muslim Brotherhood came to power. Today, as in most countries, the average Egyptian complains about inflation and a struggling economy. MENA Leadership Center's Fadi Sharia says, Yes, prices are going crazy, but at the same time, I can see positive things happening. I was in Egypt a few weeks ago, and the infrastructure has changed so much. Things are getting better. They are talking to the World Bank, the IMF, so it's it's good that they are 
getting their stuff together. MENA Leadership Center helps church leaders throughout the Middle East North Africa region expand their capacity. We are in term one right now. We have three courses going on, religious freedom, leadership building, and then volunteer management. Two instructors of the three are from Egypt. One course has already set a new record. I don't know what happened, but we ended up having 120 participants. The target was 60. And most of them, I would say, are coming from Egypt. Pray that MLC receives additional funding so that more Christian leaders can attend these courses. Please, please, please pray for Christians in the Middle East and North Africa. Thanks for listening to Mission Network News, a service of One Way Ministries. We're listener-supported by people just like you. So by giving to Mission Network News, you enable us to keep the stories of God's kingdom coming. So join us here on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also find us on Alexa, iTunes, or TWR360. And together, the Great Commission happens. Look for links at missionnews.org. That's missionnews.org. I'm Ruth Kramer. Welcome to Roaring Light. We are now heard on our primary internet station, Roaring Light Radio. We also have three new tracks to showcase today. If you are listening on 1620 Savannah, our notes by our podcast specials have been updated. Before we get to the dual community weather, a very special thanks goes to News Source 1 meteorologist Evan Height for coming over to help warn and provide important weather podcasts on the Tennessee ice storm, which will bring a third round of ice later today. Devon has more updates, and they will be shared on the Roaring Light Radio Facebook group. In regards to Savannah events for Wednesday, most are expected closed. Schools are closed Wednesday. Follow our page for Thursday closings. Now for our forecast. Dual community weather forecast begins with Savannah. Ice storm warning continues until Thursday morning. Flood advisory until further notice. One-tenth of an inch of ice accumulation forecast adding to Tuesday's accumulation. Wednesday cloudy, with a high near 38. North wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Wednesday night rain, mainly after 1 a.m. Low around 32. North wind around 5 miles per hour becoming calm. Chance of precipitation is 80%. New precipitation amounts between a tenth and quarter of an inch possible. Thursday rain. High near 40. Calm wind becoming north around 5 miles per hour in the morning. Chance of precipitation is 80%. New precipitation amounts between a half and three quarters of an inch possible. Thursday night a 20% chance of rain before midnight. Mostly cloudy, with a low around 28. North wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Friday partly sunny, then gradually becoming sunny, with a high near 40. North wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Now, let's flip north to Michiana. You are not forgotten. Detailed forecast today sunny, with a high near 25. Wind chill values as low as minus 10. Southwest wind 5 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight partly cloudy, with a low around 17. Southwest wind around 10 miles per hour. Thursday sunny, with a high near 32. Southwest wind 10 to 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 25 miles per hour. Thursday night a 30% chance of snow showers, mainly after 1 a.m. Mostly cloudy, with a low around 13. Northwest wind 15 to 20 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 30 miles per hour. Friday a 30% chance of snow showers, mainly before 1 p.m. Mostly cloudy and cold, with a high near 17. Northwest wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Let's jump to over 1620 a.m. with Lisa Marie Nicole for fresh music and Sylvia Stark for what's happening in Michiana. Blessings, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to Roaring Light Radio, 1620 a.m. Savannah, Tennessee. Don't forget to check us out on our Facebook page, Roaring Light Radio. You can like and follow us, and you'll be able to listen to Notespire's shows, Prescott show, and Artist Insight shows. Listen to other indie artists like myself. And don't forget to listen to our morning podcast, Roaring Light. Do you need prayer? Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. That's what my new song, Pray and Say Amen, is about. It's about praying to God in every situation in your life, regardless of it's good or bad. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened for you. Ask God for what you need in your life. If he feels that it will benefit you, he will give it to you. 
Never stop praying. Always pray in every situation. And don't forget, once you get what you prayed for, make sure you thank God for what he gave you. Thank you for your time and for tuning in right here on 1620 AM Roaring Light Radio. Have a blessed day.
You're in my head, you're in my mind I just can't help but think about you all the time You know my heart is your new home Reborn, and I can feel. 
encouragement from finding joy I am brave I speak well of myself I see the positive I am tenacious I am kind I matter I fight for my heart I bless others I am fearless I take care of myself I am valuable I have opportunity I am greater than the circumstances I forgive I am grateful I see the possibility I value the gift of today. I am enough. Original words by Rachel Marie Martin. Take care. Looking to support a good cause? Here is something just for you. This event will take place in June. This will be Basher Children's Home 100th Anniversary Cars and Mercycles for a Cause Auto Show. The word ceremony will start at 2 p.m. There will be some entertainment as well as food trucks and drinks. 100% of the proceeds will go to help local children who have been abused and neglected. The entry fee will be a donation of your choice with a minimum of $10 with general admission. That will take place on June 24th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. On-site registration will begin at 9 a.m. And the location for this is at the Bachelor's Children's Home at 62-226 County Road 15 in Goshen, Indiana. If you are interested in participating in the Cars and Motorcycles for a Cause, please remember to put this on your calendar. This event will take place on June 24, 2023 from 10 a.m. 2 p.m. Take care and have a wonderful day. Elkhart, Indiana. Here is a FYI from the city. Attention drivers, the city of Elkhart and I admire our police to announce the activation of the new signal controlled intersection of Emerson Drive and Cassopolis Street. The new traffic signal will provide more efficient access to and from Emerson and the soon-to-be-opened Meyer and is a major safety upgrade for pedestrians using this busy corridor. Beginning Monday, January 30th at 9 a.m., motorists will notice the operation of the new signal and should be on a lookout for chance traffic patterns. Be sure to pay attention if you're traveling down Cassopolis Street. Take care and have a wonderful day. Mishawaka Parks and Recreation Department invites you to the Luminary Walk on February 10th from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Attendees will set off from the Ball Band Bar Garden and travel a lightened path around the Riverwalk and back again. They will have food trucks, hot cocoa, and much more. This is a free event. It is open to all ages, so come out and help us beat the winter blues by lighting up the night. Take care. Looking for ways to support your community as well as supporting the pets? You can donate to Elkhart Humane Society and they are looking for people to help restock their pet food pantry. They are seeing an extreme increase in our community needing assistance with their pets. Pets are family and we want to see them stay in their homes where they belong. 
This helps reduce the number of animals being surrendered to us and a family is able to remain together. Any brands of dry adult cat or adult dog food is accepted for our pet pantry. They also have links available on Amazon as well as Chewy. And they also welcome in-kind donations brought into the shelter Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Cash donations are restricted for the Pet Food Pantry. You can contact our office, the Elkhart Humane Society, at elkharthumanesociety.org or give them a call at 574-475-4732. You can also drop, if you prefer to drop off, their address is 54687 Canada 19 in Bristol, Indiana. Take care. I hope you get a chance to support your local animal rescue centers. Somehow I'm back here again in the place where I need a hand or just to sit quiet while you speak. I wonder when I will be free of all the things to pull at me in. Make me wonder if I'm unique It's not easy for me to let go It's not easy but you take me in you Sure, I'm your child The one you died to save I'm your child Nothing I have earned in this life can Put me in a place that's right Or make it easier to believe Somehow here in your love I find I've always been enough Somehow it's worth everything I'm your child
Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. I began this devotional because of all the negativity I was seeing in our community. I want Jesus to reorient us as to how to live in such a time as this. In John's first chapter, Philip runs up to his friend Nathaniel, excited that they have found the promised one Israel has been waiting for. It is Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel quips, can anything good come from Nazareth? Nathaniel's a skeptic, pessimistic about the future. He's even quite opinionated about a whole group of people. Do you know anybody like that? So how does Jesus deal with this opinionated skeptic? His first words are to commend Nathaniel. John 1.47 Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Jesus praises this opinionated skeptic. He says, I appreciate this guy because he tells it how he sees it. And Nathaniel becomes a disciple. So how does Jesus reorient us here in our day when so many are suffering from negativity? We praise our neighbors for God's sake. God-centered, positive affirmation. This is a vaccine and often needed in many doses, which can stave neg neighbor negativity off. And Jesus does this throughout his ministry. Read Luke 7, where he first marvels over the faith of an enemy occupier, then praises doubting John the Baptist as the greatest of prophets, and concludes by commending a notorious sinner for her faith and love. Jesus shows us praise of people is not opposed to praise of God. So long as we keep one thing in mind, proper praise of folks must be God-centered. We look for the commendable qualities in neighbors so God will get the glory. Because here's the thing. Any good thing you see in a person was God-given. Paul writes in Romans 11, 35 and 36, Who is ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. All the good qualities in your neighbor come from God, so we're called to praise them. Now, it may feel like you're robbing from Peter to pay Paul by praising a neighbor, but the reverse is true if you don't. You're robbing God of his praise 
if you fail to look for and praise him for the gifts he's given your neighbors made in his image. So the question, well, how do you avoid simple flattery? Well, just preface your compliment with, I praise God for the skill he gave you. Or you say, I thank God for your kindness and concern. This is what Paul does when he's writing to the Corinthian church, a church with major issues. You can even praise the worst person in the world, even a political figure you don't like. Read Daniel's praise to pagan King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 2, 37 and 38, the very same guy who destroyed Daniel's hometown and enslaved him. Now, it can be hard to give positive affirmation to a neighbor who's really stuck on themselves. You know, you think the last thing a narcissist needs is another person saying they're great. John Piper says, though, our fatal error is believing that wanting to be happy means wanting to be made much of. It feels so good to be affirmed. But the good feeling is finally rooted in worth of self, not the worth of God. The path to happiness is an illusion. Do you hear what Piper's saying here? So God-centered affirmations are means to push folks onto the right path of true happiness because you tell them their worth is found in their creator. We love our neighbors by refusing to ignore their gifts, by pointing them to the source of those gifts. And the amazing thing is when you praise God for what he's doing in the people's lives, people love it. They smile. And you may just find a door into their lives. So what about folks who are opposed to Jesus? Is there anything to praise? Sam Crabtree writes, Yes, the image of God. Our failure to praise them may even unwittingly abandon them on their hell-bent path, even propel them on an accelerated descending trajectory, having alienated them from the very ones who possess the truth so crucial for them to hear. So we praise our neighbors for God's sake, and it is not to be seen as a chore we have to do but as our delight, as we saw in Psalm 37, 4 yesterday, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. We delight ourselves in the Lord when we praise his work in others. May you grow in happiness and wholeness in him alone. Let's pray. The heavens declare your glory, O God, and the sky proclaims your handiwork. And we praise you that men speak of your mighty deeds in a special way because we're made in your image. Forgive us for not marveling enough. Lord Jesus, help us to live more in you by opening our eyes to see the good in others and give us then the words of life to speak to them. Amen. The rest of the story. Each year, a surprising number of troubled people arrive alone at the doorstep of a mental health center somewhere and with fear and trembling, institutionalize themselves. In May of 89, Dr. Pyron was director of such a facility and he was visited in his office by one such troubled individual. There was hopelessness in the man's eyes as he described the path that had led him to this place. For years, he had been plagued by invisible phantoms, sounds that seemed very real, but coming from nowhere. Furthermore, real sounds from real sources seemed alternately intolerably loud and utterly imperceptible. And then there was the awful dizziness, often accompanied by nausea, even vomiting, a condition so severe that the slightest motion might set it off. But the man seemed well enough at the moment, Dr. Pyron observed, Indeed was the answer, the dreadful symptoms would disappear for months at a time, only to recur worse than before. Dr. Pyron asked if the man had sought treatment for the malady. Oh yes, he had gone to a regular hospital, but the doctors there were unable to help him. All he could think to do now, possessing neither the strength nor the courage to live independently, was to commit himself to the mental health facility and hope for a cure. From what Dr. Pyron had heard, there was no doubt in his mind the man was epileptic. The symptoms he had enumerated seemed obviously indicative. The doctor concurred that prolonged observation was advisable, so the patient was promptly admitted to this mental health facility. But, well, this is the rest of the story. 
Eight years previous to what you've just heard, one of our nation's leading neurologists, Dr. Charles Charcot, published a series of papers on diseases of the nervous system. And in two of those theses, Charcot described something called Meniere's vertigo. The disorder was not then widely known, and yet had Dr. Pyron read those articles, he would surely have recognized the symptoms expressed by his patient that they were not symptoms of epilepsy at all. Meniere's disease is characterized by painful ringing or buzzing in the ear, alternating hearing loss and intolerance to noise, attacks of disabling dizziness called vertigo, the auditory hallucinations are sometimes so terrible that the sufferer may mutilate his own ears. I said the sufferer may mutilate his own ears in a desperate effort to silence the awful din. Surgery, even changes in diet, can cure Meniere's disease. And yet while specialists are now certain that Dr. Pyron's patient was suffering from Meniere's, was neither epileptic nor insane. And while French doctors a century ago could have determined the same, medical news traveled very slowly in 1889, and the 36-year-old patient remained at the asylum until the attacks became unbearable, and a year later, the man took his own life. Letters in his own handwriting would appear to remove all doubt that what he had was curable, and had he been cured, the whole world would have been more beautiful. Perhaps you thought you knew why the great artist Vincent van Gogh cut off his ear and died so young. Well, now you know the rest of the story. Former Charlotte pastor Frank Reich has been named the Carolina Panthers head coach. This is truth itself. NFL head coach Frank Reich is returning to Charlotte, North Carolina to coach the Carolina Panthers, a city where he pastored until 2007 when he left to coaching the NFL. Last year, Reich was let go as head coach of the Indianapolis Colts after a Week 9 loss to the New England Patriots. Reich's overall career record as the team's head coach was 40-33-1. Before becoming the Colts head coach, Reich helped lead the Philadelphia Eagles to a 2017 Super Bowl win as offensive coordinator against the Tom Brady-led New England Patriots. The 61-year-old Reich is heading back to the team where he started as quarterback in 1995, the Panthers' inaugural season. After retiring following the 1998 NFL season, Reich attended Reformed Theological Seminary and received his Master of Divinity degree. Reich served as the president of RTS Charlotte from 2003 to 2006 and became the pastor of Cornerstone Presbyterian, now Ballantyne Presbyterian, before starting his NFL coaching career in 2007. Reich told the Gospel Coalition, I came to recognize more and more this false dichotomy between sacred and secular work, sharing what he learned about the priesthood of all believers, that every Christian is called to live out their faith in their sphere of influence. Timothy Kroll from the Helios Projects says we have a solid plan in 2023 to train untrained pastors around the world who have absolutely no Bible or theology training due to the fact they can't afford it. He's preparing to take training to pastors in need in Ecuador and Peru in February and March. Please pray for these trips. At trainapastor.com, $150 trains three pastors. That's trainapastor.com. You can see these stories and more on our website, truthitself.com. Truth Itself, news that impacts your faith, family, and country. Hundreds of unpunished crimes at UK royal palaces. This is breakingnewsenglish.com. People would expect the highest of security measures at London's royal palaces. However, an astonishing statistic recently released revealed that in the past three years, Hundreds of crimes have taken place in or near royal households, with the majority going unpunished. London's Metropolitan Police reported that 470 offences were recorded at Buckingham Palace, Kensington Palace, St. James's Palace, and Clarence House between 2019 and 2021. The latter abode is home to Charles, Prince of Wales, who is heir to the British throne. 
The crimes included arson, theft, drugs possession, robbery, and violence against a person. Less than 1% of the crimes led to anyone being cautioned, fined, or charged. Day Davies, a former head of Royal Protection, said the number of crimes reported was frightening. He told Britain's Sky News, if you can steal or cause incidents at or near the royals, what does that say about the current security? If these offenses have an impact on the personal safety of the royals, that would give me great concern. The Metropolitan Police replied, the Met has responsibility for security in and around the royal palaces, but we will not comment on matters relating to security. It added, the majority of offenses committed at or within the vicinity of the palaces were thefts. Officers will always endeavor to pursue all viable and proportionate lines of inquiry. This is Teresa Pekorski reporting from Texas in the United States. The Public News Service Joe Newscast, February the 1st, 2023. I'm Mike Clifford. Legislation to close a loophole that can potentially allow discrimination against LGBTQ New Mexicans will be debated by the state legislature this session. House Bill 207 would prohibit public entities and contractors from discriminating on the basis of sex, sexual orientation, or gender identity when providing services. Equality New Mexico Executive Director Marshall Martinez says the state has one of the oldest and strongest non-discrimination laws in the country, but specific language referencing the LGBTQ community is missing. Legally, state departments and agencies, city and county governments, and even school districts can legally discriminate in New Mexican law. During the bill's introduction, co-sponsor Representative Christina Ortez said it's critical to explicitly protect LGBTQ youth at a time when attacks against them are occurring across the country. I'm Roz Brown. Equality New Mexico is also supporting legislation that would give 16-year-olds a right to vote in state, local, and school board elections. Idaho and the rest of the country making progress getting higher education to more people. More details on that from Eric Tegedoff. A new report from Lumina Foundation finds nearly 54% of working-age Americans have earned a degree or certificate after high school, which the foundation says is key to getting a good job in today's economy. Idaho is slightly below the national average at about 52%, but Courtney Brown with Lumina Foundation says the state achieved one of the highest gains in recent years. Idaho, Mississippi, South Dakota, Utah, and Vermont. They had the largest percentage point increase in attainment from 2019 to 2021. Idaho's higher education attainment rate climbed from about 46% in 2019 to 52% in 2021. While states have made progress, Brown says there's still more they need to do to reach the organization's goal of 60% of Americans earning a degree or certificate by 2025. The Idaho State Board of Education has also set this goal for people ages 25 to 34. In Idaho, the Hispanic population fares worse, with only about 21% having earned a degree or other kind of certificate in 2021. Now from NBC News, Representative George Santos said Tuesday he will recuse himself from his committee assignments amid multiple investigations into his finances and other issues. Santos has admitted to lying about much of his background and has faced numerous calls to resign from Congress. He was assigned seats on the Small Business and Science Committees. He told reporters Tuesday he is not considering leaving office. This is Public News Service. The EPA is in the process of finalizing new rules regulating methane and other hazardous emissions from oil and natural gas wells. The new EPA rule seeks to reduce emissions by requiring regular air monitoring of well emissions and restricting practices such as routine flaring, which is wasteful burning of natural gas at well sites. Roisheta Azan with the non-profit Healthy Gulf is looking forward to the EPA enforcing these rules in southeast Louisiana. It is the mandate of the EPA to protect people and the environment from significant health risks. Air pollution from oil and gas operations contributes significantly to health impacts to our most vulnerable populations, including our children. 
DPA anticipates the proposed rules will reduce about 41 million tons of methane emissions by the year 2035. The public comment period on the proposed rules is ongoing. Written comments being accepted until February the 13th. And February is American Heart Month. Arizona experts say it's important to know signs of a heart attack versus cardiac arrest. Dr. Wilbur Sue with Banner Health in Phoenix says both are medical emergencies that require immediate life-saving attention, but they are different conditions. He explains a heart attack happens when a blocked artery affects blood flow and blood carries oxygen to the heart. Cardiac arrest involves the sudden malfunctioning of the heart's electrical impulse, which means it stops pumping. Sue says if you think you're having either one, call 911 as soon as possible. Offer help and start chest compression because then somebody has to keep the blood circulating to provide blood flow to the brain, a vital organ, so that we can keep the person alive. I'm Alex Gonzalez reporting. And finally, Suzanne Potter tells us this winter volunteers counted more than 335,000 Western Monarch butterflies in the annual survey. A big improvement over the last few years, but still far short of historical numbers. Observers only counted 2,000 of the iconic black and orange butterflies in 2020 and then 250,000 in 2021. Rebecca Quinones-Pinon, monarch recovery strategist for the National Wildlife Federation, says that still represents a 90% decline in numbers over the past few decades. In their late 80s and the early 90s, the count of monarchs was very high, and one of the highest numbers that was recorded was in 1997 with 1.2 million monarchs. The biggest clusters of monarchs were found on private property in Santa Barbara County. This is by Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener-supported, heard on interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. Today, the brutal assessment reportedly made by top U.S. generals about the state of Britain's armed forces. Sky News in the U.K. is reporting that the country's defence secretary was recently told by an American general that Britain is no longer considered a top-level fighting force. Quite a blow to the prestige of a country that once believed it ruled the waves. Lord Andrew Robethon is a veteran of the Coldstream Guards and served as Minister of State for the Armed Forces in the government of Prime Minister David Cameron. Politicians viewed the defence budget as some they can cut, uh, and that's still going on as we speak. The numbers of soldiers are being reduced, the number of ships, aircraft are being cut, and that's because the Treasury thinks, oh, well, nobody will care tuppence. And nobody does care tuppence until suddenly you need the armed forces. It's just like any other insurance policy. You have to keep paying the premiums, or when the house burns down, you discover you aren't properly insured. The first duty of government is the defence of the country, defence of the realm. I'm afraid decades of governments of different political hues have just seen defence as something you can cut. And those cuts have been exacerbated by recruitment difficulties. Last year, the British Army suffered a net loss of 4,000 troops as recruitment could not keep pace with the number of people choosing to leave the services. And many of those departing blamed low pay and inadequate housing. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks.
Peter 5 verses 7 and 8 and it says this cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you be alert and of sober mind your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour cast all your anxiety basically cast all your worries onto the Lord because he cares for you sometimes we get caught up in wondering what the world thinks of us. And we forget that the Lord is there with us through thick and thin. He's always there, willing and ready to take on a much bigger task than what we as humans see him as or review him as. A lot of times the devil is sitting right on the shoulder and he's waiting, prowling around, waiting for us to come to him, knowing that Jesus is on the other side. And we do tug of war. A lot of people are guilty of this, at least once in a life. When we first give our, our bodies and our life over to Jesus, we tend to sometimes fall back in the trap of... We don't know who we are. We get pushed back into a trap of the fiery furnace, and that's where the devil's at. A lot of times this happens when we lose a very important person in our life. It could be a death of a loved one. Maybe it's a family friend that you're losing. Someone, a very important figure. And it could be someone that was a legacy in your life. Maybe it was somebody that we looked up to. And a lot of times, the first person we blame is God. And so, as we go on about our life, the devil is always sitting there. And he just sits there and he does not move. He knows what he's doing. And sometimes when we get, we forget that we need to give our anxiety, all of our worries to our Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes... The hardest thing for us as a believer is to give up that control, that worry over to God. We want to take care of on our, by ourselves, and we cannot do that. Sometimes the strongest people are the ones who are holding on to something, and they're fighting against the devil. The devil's right there, and he's pulling them in. But at some point, we have to release the hold of that devil and he's released that devil and give our mind and soul to the Lord. And so we need to be alert and be quick to recognize when Jesus is there with us, when the Lord is there with us. We often fall short of God's glory at this time. There comes a time and 
our lives where we don't think about what happened. And that moment, the specific anxiety or that worry, we're just trapped. And it goes on to say this in the following verse, verse 9, resist him, standing firm in your faith, because you know that the family believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And so the whole world is sharing the same type of suffering, depending on what it is. We all share something. The last three years, four, one of the biggest anxiety and sufferings that we're all carrying are anxiety in this pandemic that has taken us all by surprise. And a lot of that, people have said, anytime someone dies or anytime someone gets sick, that's the first thing that happens. Oh, it's COVID. Did they get this? Did they get vaccine? Blah, blah, blah. Politics goes involved in that too. There's a lot that the world is suffering through. And the devil is sitting there drawing us in. There has been an uptake in violence of all kinds. A big uptake in mental illnesses of all kinds. And people are quick to blame on mental illness. Sometimes we gotta take a step back. Coming back to pause, take a step back and think about is it okay for us to react the way that we do? Is it something that we can give over to the Lord? Depending on what that anxiety, what that worry is. We there's all sorts of worries. Some of the worries that we should not be doing is we should not have to worry about stepping outside of our house and be worried that we're not gonna come home. In the schools, we should have to worry about sending our kids to school or students or someone we love to school, not thinking about are they gonna make home safe? Is someone gonna go in that school and shoot them up? We shouldn't have to worry about going to church where we're there faithfully serving the Lord and worry about some random stranger coming in and shooting up the church. There's a lot that goes into this anxiety, these worries. We worry every day. The world has now got to where we cannot step foot outside our door without worrying about what's going to happen in that moment. But if we rely on the Lord at all times, it's okay. I always say, if you know where you're going on the end of this earth, you know you're going to enter that heavenly golden paradise, what do you have to worry about? There's also a passage of the Bible that says, do not worry. A whole section about do not worry. Why are we worrying when we have this craziness? So if we are alert, we can realize the devil is there. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is wake up in the morning and be alert. The devil is waiting right there. He's ever. He could be your next door neighbor. He could be in your house, but you're not going to know that. He's always there waiting to devour and build us in, pull us into him with his life. So there come times where we have to stop and think, are we going to continue to let that worry or anxiety take over us? Or are we willing to give that up to the Lord and not let that devil win? Verse 9 says, resist him, standing firm in your faith. We have to resist that devil at all costs. A lot of times, people know the devil's there. They know he's there, but they're going to fight him at all costs. Those of you, if you've seen the movie War Room, the perfect example of this in there. You have a family who the wife, the husband is say, cheating on the wife and she knows that she is, she feels this and she knows this, but she never gives up. She eventually trusts the Lord that she cast out the devil and calls him out. You can take this and you can take that, but you are not taking me. And so once she realizes that eventually the husband realizes what he needs to do. 
and he leaves that situation and goes back to his wife, united with his daughter. That time, the prayer is powerful. She knew, she called on that devil, called him out, and said all this. You're not going to take my joy. You can take all of this stuff. You can take, maybe, maybe you can take the marriage and take everything away from her, but you're not taking her joy. She held on to that faith the whole time that she knew that devil was there and her husband was doing no good. But it took the power of her to give all that anxiety, that worry to the Lord, to call on him and say, you can do this, but you're not taking my joy. As we wrap up, read you again what 1 Peter 7 and 8 says. Cast all your anxiety or worry on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Verse 9 goes on and says, Resist him, standing and firm in your faith, because you know that the family and believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. If you are going through some type of anxiety, cast it onto the Lord. He is waiting. That devil is right there too. But the Lord is more powerful than the devil. Sometimes we just need to think about this. Think about who you are in Christ. Remember, you are loved. You are remarkable. You are a child of God. You can do more things in this world if you put your heart into it. Have a wonderful day. Take care. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and